It's time for the Raging Cajun Army, the only place where it's all Cajuns all the time. And now, here's your host, Matt Miguez. Cajun Nation, welcome in to another edition of the Raging Cajun Army. Matt Miguez here, and we are three and a half weeks away, give or take, from baseball season. Plenty to talk about with the season coming up, and also we'll talk about basketball as well. Women having some success over the last week, while the men are, for lack of better terms, struggling to catch their breath. Uh, Jerry Abear is here to break it all down with me. Jerry, what's up, man? Oh, doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me as always. Um, and yeah, <laughs> it's now that now that football's out the way, uh, we can focus more on the other sports. I know basketball, uh, like you said, the men, and it's, they're kind of like the little engine that could right now. You know, I know they have a lot of injuries and just not not quite clicking with the with the different roster changes. And of course, the women, two big wins on the road, and now today officially. First day of baseball practice. And, of course, the girls have been practicing in Lampson as well. So the Diamond Sports are upon us one month away. I'm excited. Are you excited? Pretty fired up. Absolutely. You know, it, yeah. this, this, is, this is always, you know, my favorite time of the year. If, if football could play a little bit later into January, it would just be even better because you could have a little bit of everything at one time. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the women's basketball team, Jerry, you know, the Thursday night last week, they played South Alabama at the Cajun dome and escaped with a 73 to 68 victory. It was a hard fought game by, you know, uh, Gary Broadhead's squad for, uh, for Louisiana to bring them to nine and five on the year. And, you know, one one player I really want to talk about when we talk about the women is Skylar Goodwin. She's kind of been the anchor for for Louisiana this year. Had 17 points in that contest, five rebounds, three assists. She shot four of 13 from the field, two of four from the three point line, and a perfect seven of seven from the free throw line. And you know, it, it what I find interesting with the women is how consistent they have been throughout the year with such a young roster. Well, I think it's safe to say this year with, with, um, with the roster coming back from injury last season, that they've been able to respond effectively. Um, even when they had their, some of these games that, you know, they, they, they really shouldn't have lost like Jackson state. That's the one that sticks out. They just find ways to respond. And, you know, these, this win against South Al over the weekend, especially in the fact that both games we're on the road tells me that this team can compete against anybody anywhere, especially in our conference. And that, that, I mean, the type of confidence that that pushes onto this young team, like you had said, I mean, with youth, you, you, you tend to grow. And when you're able to get wins like this, this can really help you down the stretch because now these girls are on cloud nine. They feel that they can accomplish anything. And so for them to get the wins this weekend, I mean, that was just, I mean, especially against South Al, I mean, it's a good way to, 
to get a streak going. And uh, of course, I know we're about to talk about the Troy game, which to me is one of the most impressive wins they've had in years. But um, yeah, it was a good win. It was a good win against South Al and, and they were able to grind through it and close it out with a close victory. Very impressive overall. And, you know, we talked about the, the game against Troy. I really don't understand the scheduling that the Sunbelt Conference has done this year. Thursday night, they played at home against South Alabama. Yes, at home, correct. And, yes. then, and then Friday, they had to spend the day traveling to Troy. And then on, on, the, on the flip side of that, Troy, Thursday night, was in Monroe to play ULM and then had to drive back to Troy to host Louisiana on Saturday. You know, really doesn't make sense to me. You would think that if Troy was in Louisiana and we were in Louisiana also, that we would just be the home team and they would just come to Lafayette. No, we got to complicate things, uh, Matt. But, come on. You know, yeah, we got <laughs> to spend everybody's money and make everybody tired, apparently. That's right. That's right. Well, apparently it's worked to our advantage. So maybe they need to do this. That's how the, yeah, how I the mean, commissioner maybe. do this more often. Maybe so, because the girls <laughs> look good on Saturday in Trojan Arena, going into Troy and defeating the Trojans for just the first time since 2006. Troy dropped to 12 and three. Louisiana improves to 10 and five with a 79 to 73 victory. And just like she's always been throughout her career in Vermillion and White, Ty Doucette having another monstrous game: 17 points, eight rebounds going 9 of 9 from the free throw line and 4 of 8 from the field. Kimberly Burton poured in 15 and 5. Skylar Goodwin had 10 and 6 for another impressive game. Michaela Hallman coming off the bench in 11 minutes, scoring 14 points. 14 points in 11 minutes. Yeah, um, what's interesting is that Troy, Cajuns were leading at halftime and you, you were just waiting for the inevitable uh, Troy comeback. And Troy starts they, – they really started to pull away in the third quarter. I think they were up by almost 10 at one point. I think the highest – no, I think it was eight points they were up by late in the third quarter. And you're thinking, okay, they're going to pull away and they're not – you know, the Cajuns can't come back from this. Being on the road, playing against a good Troy team, it's going to be tough. And then sure enough, they respond with this this run that they make in the fourth quarter – and all of a sudden they jump they jumped to uh, I believe it was like a, a seven or eight point lead. And just the fact that they were able to make that type of turnaround on the road against a team that they really have trouble beating, haven't beaten in a long time, the fact that they were able to do that on the road at their house was is is very impressive. And that's the mark of a good team and a good team that's like you said, that's very young. Um and they made a lot of good shots down the stretch. They banged a few three pointers down the stretch. They were able to make a lot of a lot of baskets in key transition, and um, yeah, it was just a great win overall. I, I'm very I, I, I watched like the last two minutes of it, and it was uh, it was nice to see, uh, especially you know you got to make your free throws, and they were able to make their free throws. They were able to you know possess the ball, you know uh, down down to the wire, and, and still sink a few shots. And I just thought, and that's. That's something that we haven't done in a long time uh, against a good team, against good competition, and it was it was impressive, very impressive. Women playing in Texas this weekend. First game will be on Thursday as they will play UT Arlington at 11.30, and then Saturday they will go to San Marcos to play Texas State at 2 o'clock. Jerry, let's flip over to the men's side now. They were in Georgia this past weekend, Thursday night being at Georgia State. Always a tough place to play, 
Stevie P likes to call it the third floor of an office building. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. that, that's basically what it is. Kind of is, yeah. Um, you know, always a tough place to play. Very compact gym, so the crowd's basically basically right on you, kind of like it is at Duke. Um, and, all you know, Georgia State's always a, a dominant program in the Sun Belt. And it really showed Thursday night they took advantage of the Cajuns' injuries and, and lack of roster and defeated Louisiana 90 to 52 last Thursday night. Leading scorer for Louisiana was Jalen Johnson with 12 points and seven rebounds. Cajun shot just, I don't want to be wrong here, 28% from the field against Georgia State. Leading scorer for the Panthers, Corey Allen, 24 points for the Panthers. You know, Watching this game, Jerry, just based on the lack of the lack of depth that the Cajuns have at the moment, you know, you you I hate to point a specific kid out, but you know the roster's depleted with Mason Oakland starting. Yeah, um, and what's what's sad is that and, you and had... no 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 offense to Mason whatsoever, but no. When well, when one of your depth guys has to be in the starting five, there's a problem. Well, when you think about it, I mean, you have Malik Wilson that had a career game three nights before at App State. I mean, he had, what, 30-something points. And, yep. I mean, he basically carried the team. And all of a sudden, he's not even seeing the court against Georgia Southern in a three-day turnaround. So before you know it, Coach Marlin has to basically rotate the roster and put a bunch of guys in who otherwise really don't see the court often. And that includes Mason Oquan. And um, I thought, I thought that it was, I mean that that game could not have gone any worse than it did. Um, and I just we thought that we could have lost by fifty. Yeah, but I, just from the start, I mean, just from right, the start, right. I mean, we were, I mean, the number of times that Georgia State would steal the ball on an inbounds pass or just beat us on a fast break. I mean, it, the, the Georgia State was a game that really exposed our lack of depth and lack of basically a roster. And then on top of that, the guys who were playing shot 28% from the field. So you mix that in, and it's just a, it's really a mixture of just enough bad things, which turns out to be a product, product of a massacre. And um, – I know that this team is trying to limp its way through the season. I understand that. Um, and, and, you know, this is one of those situations where, you know, this team is going to give 100% effort, but it, it's just you, you play with what you have and you do the best you can with what you have. And unfortunately right now it's, it's just showing this team just doesn't have just – I mean, they just don't have the, the weapons right now. I mean, there's, there's, there's too much – too many guys on the bench that are, you know, either in a cast or going to – you know, like physical rehab or trying to recover from an injury. Um, and so it, there's really nothing else to say um, other than that. I mean, now it's just a matter of being able to grind the rest of the way and just see what happens. I know, I know this team won't quit. I know they won't give up. Um, but from what I saw against Georgia State, it really exposed what happens when you have that many guys that are out with injuries. Yeah, and you know, like you said, playing with with what you have is is never a a statement that you want to have to make as as a coach or even as a fan. 
but you know it is what it is. Cajuns are are doing just about everything they can on the floor with what they have. That loss dropped the Cajuns to seven and ten on the year. Georgia State improving to eleven and six. And then Jerry, two nights later, they traveled down to Southern Georgia in Statesboro to play Georgia Southern. And early on in the game, it kind of looked like the Cajuns had maybe figured it out, gotten into a rhythm a little bit. I think they had a had an early lead that looked like they could have held on to and, and ended up winning the ball game. Yeah, they were up they were up four at halftime. But then Georgia Southern came out in the second half, outscoring the Cajuns 45 to 21 in the second half to win the game 71 to 51. Jalen Johnson again the leading scorer for Louisiana, 15 points and six rebounds. Another interesting thing to note in this matchup: no Malik Wilson again with that knee sprain. Yeah, and and really in the in the first half, I mean the, the Cajuns were the better team. Um, they're playing a lot more physically. They're they were playing a lot more physical. Uh, they were able to, to to rebound well, make make some key shots, and and Georgia Southern started forcing a few three pointers in the first half, and they weren't going in. And the Cajuns were able to take advantage of it. Um, I just thought in the second half, I'll give you an example. Uh, the Cajuns dressed out nine guys, and I think one, two, three, four of those guys got over thirty five minutes of play time. And then you have Christian Lafayette, who has rarely seen the court this year. He got 20 minutes of play time. And um, they played with nine. Nine guys got on the court compared to the 13, or I believe it was, uh, I'm sorry, the, the uh, let's see, the 15 guys that went on, that, that got to play for Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern played 15 guys the other day to the Cajuns nine. Six uh, more they, guys got they play time. every guy on the floor? Uh, yeah, they did. And so that that tells I mean, that's the difference right there. I mean, in the second half, I, I, the Cajuns, I'll tell you straight up, they ran out of gas. They ran out of gas. And whenever Georgia Southern, they were able to take that first lead midway through the second half. Uh, the Cajuns couldn't respond to it. Um, Georgia Southern just had some fresh legs and they went on this huge run uh, in the middle of the second half. And I mean, at that point, it was over. Um, that's one of those situations where you need, you just need more bodies. You need more guys. And I think the Cajuns just ran out of gas. I mean, again, I'll, I'll give them credit. They, they played hard. They won't quit. But right now it's just one of those, those, it's just one of those instances. They just, I mean, they just ran out of gas. Um, and so, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow night, they come back to the Cajun dome against a UTA team. That's also struggling. Um, but to me, you know, the record, regardless of who you play, um, it's not as much about the record now, you know, for, for UTA, because again, you know, UTA probably has the, the most likely have a more fully healthy team. Right. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or this weekend. All I know is um, this Cajun team there, like I said, they're limping their way through, but they're, they're still grinding. So we're going to find out this weekend, um, you know, between, between UTA and Texas state, how this team responds, but uh, yeah, it's 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 tough right now. It's tough. Yeah, and you know, like you said, it's hard to it's hard to match up when you have nine guys dressed out to your opponent's fifteen. You know, that's just something that you know never bodes well for for you. Obviously, you know, Cajuns dropped to seven and eleven with the defeat. Georgia Southern improves to eleven and seven, and like you said, the Cajuns are at home this weekend. 
Thursday night, they will play UT Arlington in the Cajun Dome at 7 o'clock. And Saturday, they will play Texas State from the Cajun Dome. Again, tip-off being at 7 o'clock. Jerry, before we get into the baseball conversation, I do want to throw out this piece of information regarding football. For anyone who may not have seen it, Mason Narcisse, former Tulane commit, has... A couple weeks ago, he decommitted from Tulane, reopened his recruitment. Tonight, he announced that his recruitment is closed, and he will be committing to the Cajuns. Jerry, in your opinion, how big of a get is this for Louisiana? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. You just basically added an anchor to the the interior D-line, and he hasn't even stepped foot on campus yet. He's going to be a a huge addition to the D-line. He's going to be a huge addition to this team. And it's just one of the many, you know, byproducts of, of what this coaching staff has been able to do in bringing talent um, to Louisiana. So that's a huge, 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 huge commit um, that's that's going to be wearing the vermilion and white. And this again, it's just a small piece of the big puzzle of what of what this coaching staff is trying to accomplish. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, later on. But um, yeah, that, that was I mean that was that was the best news of the night when we found that out uh, a few hours ago. Yeah, and like, like you said, I, I think this provides just another level to what was already a very impressive defensive line for the Cajuns. I mean, guys like Zion Hill. And yeah. Joe Dillon have been anchors in that line for two years now. So to just add a add a third third weapon to that group, especially filling the holes that you know Benny Higgins is is graduating. So you know somebody to to put in his place or you know something like that. That it, like you said, that's a big get for Louisiana. Then you know it's always fun to to pull a guy from two. <laughs> for sure, no, it, it is, and um. I can't wait for spring football. I'm not a big fan of spring football, but for whatever reason, I'm anxious to see what this team's going to look like for spring football, especially for some of the the new guys who've enrolled early. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of competition. But in the meantime, um, I'm still kind of reminiscing on this year, on this past season, and um, just the, what this team was able to accomplish. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun come March and April and see what this team what this team has and what they're capable of of doing. Yeah, absolutely, Jerry. Let, let's transition to the diamond now. Let's let's talk baseball. You know, that's what everybody oh, yes, indeed. ready ready to talk about. Yes, indeed. Like first day of official practice today for the oh, Cajuns. You know, we're I want to say twenty nine days from from first pitch. You know Valentine's Day at at Russo Park. I, I don't know if if you have plans with with Kayla, but uh, yeah, we're going to be at Russo Park. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 celebrating Valentine's Day the night before. I'm going to take her to a nice dinner. We're going to be well, I'm going to be romantic with her on February 13th, and then on the 14th we'll be in our seats at Russo Park for the home opener. And well, I know there's a lot of cool. Music. Let's keep it PG. Oh no, absolutely, man. No, no question, no question. I, I'm <laughs> on Valentine's Day. I know there's going to be um, a lot of a lot of date nights at uh, at Russo Park. I know that there's going to be, and there's going to be a great. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a great tribute to Coach Robichaux. Um It's going to be, it's going to be tough that first, the first few minutes. Um, you know, you're going to get the emotions out. I know they're going to do. I'm sure they're going to do a ceremony, and they probably have something special lined up. 
But in the meantime, after that first pitch, it's it's game time. And um, I mean, I'm excited to see what this team can do. And uh, seeing the pictures of this team practicing today gets me fired up. Unfortunately, now that they're practicing, it's it's almost like early spring or fall football, right? Fall football in early August where you start seeing the team practice and that anticipation starts to hit you. Well, guess what? For some odd reason, I don't know if it's science or whatever, but but time tends to slow down a little bit when that happens, right? You get excited they call, and all they of a call sudden. call that psychology. Psychology, yeah. I, it's psychology where time just starts to slow down on you and because you're excited about it. So it's like Father Tom's like, nope, we're going to elongate this, make the anticipation worse. Yeah, Father Tom's an asshole, isn't he? Make you go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the Cajuns having, you know, finishing 28 and 31 last year. You know, it, it was a it was a rough year for for the group, sixteen and fifteen at home, ten and fourteen on the road, and they finished five hundred in the conference at fifteen and fifteen. You know, and and looking at the looking at the stats from last year, there's a lot of holes to fill, especially in the starting lineup. You know, you you lose Hunter Castles, you lose Todd Lott, Orrin Vaughn, Handsome Monica, Daniel LaHare, Cole McKinnon, O'Neill Lockridge. You know, there's there's a lot of empty gaps in in that in that lineup now, but you know, guys returning like Hayden Cantrell, obviously being, you know, a, a huge piece of of that puzzle at at shortstop. He's he's likely to be the the leader of the program this year, ranked number fifty five by Perfect Game USA in their MLB draft prospect. Brennan Bro, he's going to be back, probably playing center field for the Cajuns, you know, and then you look at the reserves from last year, guys like Alex Haney, Sebastian Toro, Tremaine Spears, Jonathan Wyndham, Gavin Bourgeois back and healthy, Wyndham healthy as well, Connor Dupuy, Colton Frank, you know, guys guys that, albeit small, made large contributions to the program last year. Jerry, who are you most excited about on this roster, old or new? And, you know, what what are your early expectations of this team? Um, you know, obviously I'm going to be excited about Hayden Cantrell. Um, what he's been able to do in three seasons has been outstanding. Uh, he, he embodies the, that sort of grinder, um, that we, we take pride in, in our baseball team. Um, and also Brendan bro, of course, Hayden and Brendan are sort of your leaders. I think, uh, they're two local guys there. They have sort of that veteran experience about them. Um, but I'm curious to see how another guy I'm curious to see, or I'm curious to see how some of the guys last year, uh, that really made an impact early in the season who got hurt. Um, it's going to be a question of how healthy can this team stay? Because you look at someone like Gavin Bourgeois who had high expectations last season, he goes down the first, what the first week, I believe. Then you've got, then you've got a guy like Jonathan Wyndham. Another one. I mean, probably one of the most natural, like just one of the most natural third baseman that is put on a Cajun uniform up to this point gets hurt first couple weeks. You know, um, you got Sebastian Toro, whose bat was clutch, gets hurt the first couple of weeks. So you got a bunch of guys who really stepped up early on in the season that got hurt. And now you had to play a lot of guys that might not have gotten the experience or just basically you put them in the meat grinder, you know, up front. Um, so I'm really curious, obviously, like I said, Hayden, you know, Brennan, Brennan bro. Um, I want to see what, um, I do want to see what Jonathan Wyndham can do, especially at the plate, 
because his bat didn't, it improved a little bit last year before he got hurt. And now that he's playing under Deggs' hitting system, that's going to be interesting as well. Um, another guy, like I said, Sebastian Toro, he's, you know, he, he really stepped up at the plate, got hurt. Um, and then another guy I want to see is Tremaine Spears. Uh, his bat was, I mean, it improved tenfold. The, the, the potential had really, really showed, uh, as the season went on with him. Uh, he, I mean, he's, and then he can forget, hit. And, can, and then you can't forget that he looked phenomenal in summer league playing for the cane cutters. And, and so he's got a lot of upside, and I think he still has upside. I don't even think he's reached his ceiling yet. So I'm curious to see what he can do. Uh, and I'm kind of curious to see what these newer guys could do, like Ben Fitzgerald. Uh, he's he's one guy that had a lot of it, has a lot of expectations coming in. Then you've got, <laughs> I mean, and then you got you got a few others. Um, uh, right now, you've you. <laughs> I mean, we, we, the biggest the biggest thing about these newer guys is that they can all hit the ball. You know, they've got a reputation. I mean, you got uh, Nick Nick Hagdorn from from Jefferson College, who was batting I think three three fifty or something like that. I mean, you, you got guys that can hit. You got Brandon Talley from Grayson Community College. I mean, he's another one that they have high expectations for. So, you know, going into this season, going into the last off season or this past off season. There were a lot of expectations that in the fact that we recruited a lot of uh, guys who could hit the ball. So, um, you know, seeing the way Jake Wells' system was able to improve the bats last year, I think the team batted around what? Between 270, it's not in front of me, but it's around what? 270, 280 compared to the 240 that the team batted the year before. I mean, that was a big improvement. The problem was the whole batted 280. 280 from two, I think it was 242 um, two years ago. I mean, that's a, that's a big improvement. The problem last year was, you know, every time we would score five or six runs, we'd give up eight or nine. Uh, I think the biggest issue last year was the bullpen. Uh, for the first time in a long time, we didn't have an anchor in the bullpen that could carry us. I mean, we blew a bunch of big leads. Um, we, we just couldn't, you know, we couldn't keep a consistent starting rotation. Um, and of course, you know, injuries had something to do with that as well. So we had to rotate. And then you had instances where some guys just couldn't cut it on the mound on the weekend. So, I'm curious to see what um, I'm curious to see what Coach BJ Ryan has done with this staff. I know Coach Matt Deggs has said numerous times he loves he loves this rotation. He loves his pitching staff. He likes what he sees. Um, I noticed that there's been a lot of improvements with a few guys in this past fall. Uh, I've even heard that some pitchers have changed their angle. I wish they they pitch. And, and apparently it's, it's worked. So, um, I was able to see a few guys pitch. Uh, I went to that scrimmage against Tulane back in October and I got to see a bunch of new guys pitch and they look pretty good. They look pretty good. So that's really, I I know the Cajuns are going to hit the ball. The way they improved last season, you got a bunch of new guys coming in. It's going to take them a little while to adjust, but you know, you're playing under Degg's system, you know, Degg's he's very, very aggressive. Um, and he plays that very, that gritty style of ball. He's going to, you know, they're going to steal, they're going to force, they're going to force some bases. They're going to, uh, do a lot of, um, they're going to play small ball, but this seems like, it seems like to me that the, the, the bats that we do have could get that done. I think it might take a little while at first, but the thing about any time we've seen coach Deggs is hitting system, man, for those who, I mean, obviously we remember 2013 and 2014, but man, it is it, it is like an art form when it starts to starts to really mold. 
And so I'm curious to see how this team is going to be able to mold into it. I know there's a lot of confidence reeking in that in that area right now, especially at Russo Park and that locker room. These guys, they're they're feeling good right now. They they they're sort of trying to get find their identity and get that swagger that Coach Daggs is used to producing in his teams. Um, but I'm really curious to see what the bullpen's going to do. I know they got a lot of guys coming back in the in the pitching rotation. Uh, I know there's a bunch of guys that had some experience on the weekend. Um, but I'm curious to see how some of these guys are going to respond. I mean, I'll give you an example. You got Jacob Schultz. He played, he was able to play a little bit of both. He was able to start a few games. He was able to play, uh, in the bullpen. Then you've got Austin Bradford, who I believe got hurt halfway through the season. Uh, Connor Angel has a lot of expectations coming in. I got to see him pitch against Tulane. Look great. Caleb Armstrong coming in, you know, he's a sidewinder. He actually started getting better as the season went on. Brandon Young started out as a weekend starter last year. Um, you know, you've got Jack, of course, Jack Burke. We know Jack, fellow Jezzle Blue Jay, by the way. Uh, you know, Jack is, is I mean, he, he when he's on, he's on. I mean, there were some games where he was off, but, you know, if he put him, if he, I mean, I would, ex- I would expect him to be uh, a weekend starter, but but we'll see. And then you got guys like Carter Robinson. You've got Jeff Wilson. You've got Austin Perrin. You, I mean, you've got you've got some names that we we've, we're familiar with and who have experience. Now the question is, how much have they matured, and are and are they going to make a difference this year? And then one guy, I really, I'm curious to see, and I heard that he's made huge strides in the fall. Brock Batty. I want to see what Brock Batty can do because I know he's got a lot of potential as well. So this team is a work in progress, but I do think they will be fun to watch. And I am fired up about this season. And I know Coach Daggs is excited and and he knows that he he knows that this team is a lot is very capable. And you know what I love about what Coach Daggs is saying? He says it right now. His goal is to go to Omaha. He wants to go to Omaha with this team. So they're going to grit. They're going to grind. And um I think I think Russo Park's going to be a fun place to be starting February 14th. You know, we we talked earlier about the opening night going to be emotional because of everything that's happened with this program over the last 7 months dealing with the loss of Tony Robichaux. You know, this is going to be the first game in 25 years that Tony Robichaux isn't standing in the dugout as the Cajuns head coach. And for Matt Deggs, especially somebody who's worked with Robichaux, considered Robichaux a friend, a mentor. You know, Deggs even refers to Tony as somebody who saved his career. Yeah. If, yeah. if you're I, Matt Deggs, what's rolling through your head now and what's rolling through your head on February 14th when you walk into when you walk into Russo Park? You know, I can't – I mean, I can't speak for Matt Deggs by any means, but – I'll tell you from a personal experience, I think it's going to, and I told this to Kayla, um, you know, the, the first time it's really going to hit me besides whatever ceremony that they have before the game is the first time we see Matt Deggs walk, you know, whenever there's a, a visitor, uh, the coaches, well, how do we call it? The, the, the mound mound visit. Visit. yeah, mound visit. That's when it's going to hit me the first time and seeing that it's not Tony Robichaux walking to the mound, but somebody else. And, no, you know, playing, I'm, I'm you know. proud to say I'm proud to say if it's Matt Deggs or if it's B.J. Ryan, I don't know who it's going to be. And I'm proud to say I'm, I'd, I'd be, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them. But not seeing Coach Robe walk out on the mound is going to be tough. And I think once I see that for the first time, it's going to be a little emotional. But after the second, third, fourth time, I'll be able to get used to it. But that first time. 
that first instance where it's not Coach Robe walking to the mound or Coach Robe standing in that little corner that he stood in in the in the dugout. That's where it's going to hit me. But you know, I, I know for a fact Coach Robe's in a good place right now, and he I, I know he wouldn't want us to be upset about him. You know, he always said, "Don't don't worry about me." <laughs> you know, he was always very. Um, um, very selfless and very humble when it came to that kind of stuff. And he'd probably be mad at us for even honoring him the way that we have. But but guess what, coach? I know you're in heaven, but we are going to honor you whether you like it or not because of the type of man you were. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an emotional night. But, um, you know, we, we, we as Cajun fans, the way we the way we we uh, we grieve is, is we continue. We continue what he started. And um, I think for Coach Daggs, like I said, I can't speak up. I can't speak for him, but. I know I'm sure it's going to be tough, but I do remember him saying one time, I think it was in an interview, like he's going to get the, I think he said he would get jitters, but come game time, I think it's, it's, it's all focus, right? When you, when the game's played, you can't, you can't think about the emotional side. You got to just stay focused. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, but um, I'll say this, I'm ready for, I'm ready to, for, for Russo Park to be rocking. That's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about, you know, John Fogarty's center field in the seventh inning stretch. I'm excited about the uh, eating that that um, that what's it called the the candy corn or the popcorn or the oh man uh, kettle corn the kettle yeah well the wife and I call it crack corn because it's like crack right it's addictive as can be yep. um, but um, Sweet I'm just Carolina ready for the eighth what's that Sweet Caroline in the eighth. Sweet Caroline in the eighth. I'm ready to see Section A yell at the other team. That's always fun. Go visit my friends at the cooking club. Um, you know, it's 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 just going to be a good time. I'm I'm really excited about it, and I'm curious to see what this team can do. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna be sad the first night, but uh, I know for a fact this team is gonna. I mean, they're they're gonna put they're gonna put the the their they're, they're gonna they're gonna they're going to honor 36 the best way that they can by by playing hard, playing gritty, and playing in a way that Tony Robichaux would want them to play. And if there's, I mean, that, and that's what's the beauty of it, man. I mean, look who's look who's look who look who's the coach now. I mean, they they they're very similar. It's funny they're very similar, but they're very different. Their play style is very similar, but you know, Coach Robes was a little more laid back. Coach Deggs is a lot more aggressive. It's funny because. Uh, it's, yeah, there's pictures of Coach Daggs at third base uh, when he's the coach, and he—I don't know what it is—but he has this habit of chewing like these coffee straws, you know, those little stir, those little yeah. coffee stirs. And he, he always has the. I'm curious. I almost like want to ask him that when I see him next time. Are you gonna have? Uh, you're gonna be chewing one of those coffee stirs, uh, you know? Some coaches chew bubble gum, some dip, some do chewing tobacco. Coach Coach Tags does the the coffee stir, so um, I'm curious to see if he's gonna do that. But you know, it's one of those little subtle things that I noticed. But whatever it is, it was whatever it's gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and I'm very excited about it. And you know, talking about talking about the baseball program, Russo Park is obviously one of the one of the things you think of when you think of Rage Cajun baseball, especially the the new facelift that the T got a couple years ago to think that it could get better you know they they're redoing the the outfield wall um should be ready to go for opening night in 29 days um they're going to they're going to make it safer for the players i know they're i know they're adding thicker padding um and then they're also going to pad the brick wall that runs down the first and third base lines 
Um, again, you know, player safety obviously is, a, is of the utmost importance. So that that's one of the things that they have planned that'll be ready to go for opening night. And then the other the other thing, and it's something that people have been talking about for a long time, and it got talked about even more once Rowe passed, is the clubhouse that he always wanted. Um, Matt Deggs spoke with 1420 this morning, and according to Deggs, plans are in place, blueprints have been drawn up. It's just a matter of time. Um, I don't know if that means at the end of this season. I don't know if that means in the middle of the season or, or what it may be, but um, rest, rest assured that Matt Deggs and Anthony Rabineau have, have put it together, and the clubhouse that Tony always wanted is coming to, to Russo Park. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know Coach Robe always wanted that, and there's the, the beauty of, of – Honoring Coach Robe is you've seen a lot of people really step up in the community um, to do things that Coach Robe would have wanted, such as, like, for example, the clubhouse. Uh, I don't, you know, I have no knowledge of how the money's raised or who's paying for it or, you know, what kind of campaign they're doing to, to raise money for it. But I have heard that people have stepped up and are doing what it takes to make sure that clubhouse is built. I know Dr. Maggard had said that in his press conference whenever we introduced. Uh, Coach Daggs is the new head coach back uh, last July. He said one of Coach Robe's biggest projects that he wanted to accomplish was that clubhouse. So people are aware of of this project. Um, but I'll say this, the second it's built, I'm sure it's going to look beautiful. I'm sure it's going to be exactly in the image that uh, most Cajun fans will be happy with, if not all Cajun fans will be happy with. And uh, also, too, um, that new wall is going to be great because I'm not going to lie. It's been a, they've been saying for a while they need a new wall, but uh, to get that new wall now is going to be awesome. Um, so yeah, as nice as Russo park is, it never hurts to, 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 you know, to polish up a few things here and there for sure. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. And I'm, I'm curious to see what the new wall is going to look like once it's finished. I'm sure it's going to be state of the art once it's all said and done. Yeah. I mean the, the, the mantra around UL is if you're going to do it, you might as well do it big. Um, and that, that's part of <laughs> yeah. that's part of the reason why some projects have taken so long. <coughs> Cajun Field, <coughs> um, you know, I, I guess if, if you're gonna do it, you might as well wait and go all out. But you know, and one thing, let's talk about the schedule for baseball, Jerry. I find it quite interesting. From February 14th to March 3rd. Louisiana will only play two road games and the farthest that they will travel is Houston, Texas. Isn't that great? <laughs> awesome. They have Southeastern on the Friday, February 14th, and then the 15th and 16th they host Tech. The 18th they go to Southeastern. The 19th Tulane comes to town. Then you have a weekend series with Virginia Tech, a weeknight game with Northwestern State. The following weekend, Matt Deggs' former program, Sam Houston State, comes to town. And then on March 3rd, they travel to Rice in Houston. Twelve of the first 14 games are going to be in the friendly confines of Russo Park, which is is very odd. And they're good teams. Um, I mean, that first weekend between Southeastern and Louisiana Tech, I mean, those are two pretty, really good teams. Um, and I think it bodes well for, we were talking about a team that's sort of in progress right now, that's still developing. I mean, between playing Southeastern, Louisiana Tech, 
You have a midweek game against a good two-lane squad. Then you have Virginia Tech coming to town on Mardi Gras weekend. Um, and then Sam Houston State the following week, who might, might I also add, swept us last season. I mean, that, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good start. It's a good little start for a team that's still trying to, you know, I know they're still trying to find their identity right now. Um, I know they're, and, and really that's any team. I'm not just saying, you know, the Cajuns, but um, it's, it's a good, it's definitely a good test to start the season off. And then, of course, you got that game on March 3rd at Rice, which, by the way, I hear, I believe when we interviewed uh, Lee Deleon and uh, Hans, um, Hans Malbranch, um, they they both said that they're planning a huge event for uh, that game at Rice, whether it's RCAF or the Alumni Association. They're going to try to plan a big event for a lot of the uh, Raging Cajun alum, alumni base in Houston to attend. So for those of you in Houston for that March 3rd game, uh, put that on your calendars, plan for that, because uh, there's going to be a lot of activities that are going to be surrounding that game as well. But no, I like the start of the season. I think it's a great start. It's I mean, that's that's you know, this, that's good competition to me to start the season off right. I'll put it to you this way. None of those teams that I'm looking at really could affect the RPI in a negative way. So I like that start, especially the fact that there's so many at home, you know? Yeah, no, it's definitely a strong schedule to begin to begin the campaign for Matt Deggs and company. You know, Jerry, before we, we wrap this one up, you know, it's, it's still early in January. Kind of want to do a, a year in review of 2019 and what's going to come in 2020 first i want to ask you what was your favorite cajun sports memory of 2019 um 2019 how can i trying to think i'd probably say there's maybe there's a few um Probably my two favorite moments. There's two of them. Uh, Cajun softball going undefeated in conference. And just this entire Cajun football season. Uh, and the history that this football pro- this football team made um, with the success that they had. And just, you know, going on the road, being undefeated in the regular season on the road against good competition. Um you know, the team developing as the year went on, getting better. Um, and just that huge turnaround that Coach Napier and his staff made from the year before. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, softball going undefeated in conference. I mean, they had a great year, and I know there's a lot of expectations for that softball team going into this season with Coach Glass- Glasgow and his girls. And then, yeah, the football team doing what they did this year was was huge. So I'd probably say those are my two favorite moments. Um, it, it definitely, you know, I think this past year was – it definitely had its ups and downs, man. I mean, it was a tale of just two, two – just two – so many good and bad, you know, tale of two events of good and bad. Um between the successes, but then, you know, we lost a lot of people last year. Um, you know, we had a lot of people that passed on that, you know, that, that was tough. Um, you know, I, big Lynn, for example, big Lenny, Lynn Williams. I, I worked with Lynn, Lynn for a year as an equipment manager, you know, he passed away in, 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 in March. Um, you know, then you had, you know, Leonard Wiltz, you had just to name a few yet, um, you know, coach robe. I mean, it, it was, it, that was tough. That was tough. Say- Saint, yeah, Saint. Um, I mean, I can't even remember everybody's name right now. I mean, there's just so many of them. 
Um, and it's just that that was I think that was sort of the as far as that goes, 2019 was probably the worst year, I think. Losing so many loved ones that were so close to to Rage and Cajun Athletics, um, so uh, yeah, that was that was. I hate that. I guess I gave you my good and my bad, but no, my good, yeah, definitely softball going undefeated and and the conference and then um, football with the season that they had for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I think my favorite moment is, and it's it's funny, you know, it relates back to baseball. It was the Sun Belt Conference tournament. And it was that insane double play that Daniel LaHare made. I want to say we were playing Georgia Southern. And it ended up being in the Sports Center top 10. He had to make a diving catch at the wall, and he ended up throwing it back in to get the second out at first. And it was just an all around, it, it truly embodied. Louisiana baseball. It was just a hustle play. It was a grit play. Uh, nothing really pretty about it. Just you know, getting it done, whatever whatever way you possibly can. I think that was probably my favorite singular moment. Obviously, you know, softball being undefeated in conference was huge for our athletic program. Football had an outstanding year. Um, and you know, I was like you said, the the good and the bad. There there was a lot of. As much, as much as there was good, there was also a lot of bad, like you said, with all the people that passed and, you know, so on and so forth. But, you know, obviously with, you know, 2019 comes into 2020, what what do you expect from Cajun Athletics programs in 2020? Um, Well, I expect the Diamond Sports to have great seasons. Um, both baseball and softball are ranked in the top 25 preseason polls. I believe the Cajuns came in for the collegiate baseball poll at number 24 and then i think softball i mean they're ranked in it <laughs> i think what for every poll that exists in softball they're probably ranked what in the top 15 in each one um and so i expect a lot of success for both sports i know baseball like i said they're a work in progress and got a lot of new guys but i know coach Deggs and his staff feel very confident in these guys I know these guys are, like I said, they're trying to find their swagger. So I'm excited to see what they can do. I'm excited to see this baseball team develop a lot like how football developed over over the, as the season progressed. Um, softball, I, look, I think it's this year. I think it's Oklahoma City or bust. Uh, I know we have we'll, we'll be talking about them next time, but Coach Glasgow has brought in some 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 girls who <laughs> that P5 schools have wanted. And I expect them to do a lot of great things this season. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in contention, not only for Oklahoma City, but for a national championship. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, you know, basketball and women's ba- men's basketball and women's basketball, they continue to grind right now. Uh, I think with men's basketball, it's just they're, they're doing the best they can with what they have. Um, you know, the, the circumstances are <laughs> they're very strenuous. So I know Coach Marlin and his staff are going to continue to grind. Uh, I know they're not going to quit. And that's what I love about the team they have right now is that they won't quit. Um, and then I think Coach Broadhead and his girls, you know, they, they caught lightning in a bottle last weekend. Hopefully they continue this success uh, move forward. Um, and, and even for the other sports like, you know, women's soccer, seeing what Coach Lance Key has done with, with this team in one season. Uh, I, th- I expect him to do a lot of great things for this team this coming, this coming fall. Um, and then, uh, of course, track and field, hopefully I know they didn't, I don't know if track and field, they didn't finish too high last year. Hopefully they can finish a little bit higher in the conference, compete in the conference a little bit better than they did last season. 
Um, and then of course with, um, with, with really with, with volleyball, I know volleyball finished strong, but you know, a little more consistency, uh, as the season went on, like, like they had a few years ago would be awesome. But, um, I think they can, they, they can be well improved this year as well, but man, I, you know, I'm enjoying, like, I'm excited about the diamond sports. I, I I'm, I'm excited about what we can see next month, but early September, 2020, dude, Magnese comes to town. You got Wyoming the following week. I'm really, really fired up about this upcoming football season because I think, you know, we made a lot of history. We made a lot of strides this past year. I really think this team could do more than what they did this past season. And I'm not just talking about maybe winning a conference championship. I'm talking about bigger things than that. I think they're that capable, um, and I'm very, very curious to see the competition, like I said, that's going to go on this spring and in the fall practice because this football team is – they're set up and geared up to do something that I don't think this school has ever seen. Um, and I'm talking – I'm talking, you know, conference outright conference championship for the first time in 50 years. I'm talking top 25 ranking – I'm talking there's if this team stays healthy, knock on wood, possible New Year six, maybe. If could things you, fall in line. Could you imagine a New Year's Six bowl? Book your trips to Atlanta, man. Book your trips to Atlanta. That would just be that would just be unreal for, for this program and for Billy Napier. Just you know, in your first three years as a head coach, you bring a program who has never gone to a New Year's Six Bowl to a New Year's Six Bowl into their first outright conference championship in 50 years would just be you know, remarkable for his resume. I mean, yes. And I know, look, I know it's big time talk, but why not think big? Why not us, right? Um, like I know the baseball team right now and Coach, coach Daggs, they're using the hashtag stand up. It's time to stand up. You know, um, there's no reason why this football team can't surpass the success they had this season. Look, this team was ahead of schedule last year. Remember, I said, you know, I think before the season, I predicted something like eight and four. I would have been happy with an eight and four record and a bowl win or a bowl game along alongside that. And they surpassed that by by a lot. So. There's no reason why they can't improve from what they did. I don't think this year was their ceiling. And I know Coach Napier and his staff know that as well. I know the players know that as well. So, yeah, I'm excited about this upcoming football season. But I'm also excited about baseball and softball. I mean, we as Cajun fans, we take pride in the diamond sports. Um, you know, people are going to be flocking over to Lampson Park and, 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 and Russo Park and to watch some, some good softball and some good baseball. And it should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. So, yeah, 2020, man. I'm, I'm excited. What do you think, man? What 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 uh what are your expectations for 2020? You know, it, it's kind of um, neck and neck with what you were saying. I, I think football is going to have an even stronger year than they just did. Um, I think baseball is going to have a great year under under Matt Deggs in his first year as head coach here. Um, I and this might have a little bit of bias tied to it. I think softball goes to Oklahoma City. Yeah, I look. Uh, they 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 are primed. 
they are primed right now with that roster. I, to, I, won't, to do I, won't, that. I won't. I won't go as far to say as they win a national championship, but I think they go to Oklahoma City. I think they contend for it for sure. Um, you know, I, I think soccer has another great year. I think they build on the foundation that Lance Key laid this past year. And, uh, you know, I think volleyball regroups. You know, they kind of made a run, like you said, at the end of the year. Fell short in the t- conference tournament. I, I think they build on that. And, you know, I think I think as a whole it's going to be a great year for, for Louisiana athletics. Yeah, it will be. Um, and also, too, um, you know, continue. I know I said this last time. I'll say it again. I might say it in every episode. You know, for those of you fans who are on the, on the fence or – you know, if if you if you buy season tickets or if you you know if you if you whether you support this program or not, you know continue to donate to RCAF, continue going to the games, continue supporting these programs, these student athletes, and um, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of good things happening with this entire this entire athletic program, a lot of a lot of high expectations for all sports, and I know there's a lot of um, a lot of talk about what these teams can do. And so I just ask, continue to donate. Like I said, continue to donate to RCF, continue supporting these teams and continue to wear red, wear red around town, support the Raging Cajun gear, support the Raging Cajun brand. And, um, you know, just, just keep supporting and donate and do what you can to, to help make these programs grow. Because, you know, I've always, like it's all, we always say, why not us? Um, you know, time to think big. And, um, I'm, I'm, I know that, um, there's a lot of high expectations coming in next month with the diamond sports, but let's donate across the board. You know, all these sports can use some, whether it's, you know, funding or, or just a little bit of uh, financial help, um, whatever it takes. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I'm excited about this year. It's always fun to see what the, uh, see if these teams can, can, you know, answer to those expectations, but you know, it's a great time to be a Cajun fan right now. And, uh, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Should be, should be fun. And here's to a, a good 2020, a good and healthy 2020 for everybody, all, all involved in the Cajun athletics and to you too, Matt, safe and healthy 2020. You know, man, I, I need all the prayers for a safe and healthy 2020 as I can get. So, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I 2020 is going to be my party year. I'm telling you. Yeah. And look, we can party. We can party after our victories in whatever sport we attend. Right. It's my it's my Jordan year. So, uh, you know, got got a party like Michael would. There you go. That's nay, nothing wrong with that, my friend. All right. Cajun Nation, as always, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We'll be back next week to break down the softball roster and the softball schedule with three weeks left to go until the season. Until then, we'll talk to you soon. Go Cajuns.